when you see women's lives transformed. There is nothing like it. And I know that that's what's really firing me and and putting me in position to do what I was called to do. And I can tell um, that you're in your zone of joy because even as you're talking about it, you're just, I can just tell, I can see the smile on your face and the way that you... everyone. Welcome to the Permission to Pivot podcast. My name is Jasmine and I am joined by a dear friend, one of my OG biz besties, Alicia. Um, and Alicia is going to be joining us on the pod today. Um, Alicia, could you just introduce who you are, where you're at um, for all of our listeners? Absolutely. Well, hey guys, I am Alicia, better known on the Instagram and social streets as I am Alicia Noel. Um, That's my handle across everything if you're looking for me. But I am a marketing and design strategist. I help women in business and content creators figure out how to design and brand content that attracts their ideal audiences gets them in position to work with brands and just allows for them to feel more confident as they show up on social media. It's almost like a makeover for your social media when you get to talk with me and meet with me. And then I dive deeper past social media to see, do you have email marketing set up, all those things that are going to help you build a really successful business. So that's what I do. And I'm, I'm very passionate about it. And I am a wife and a mommy to two adorable little kiddos. And that drives what I do every day in my business. So I'm excited to chat with you today and interested to just hear about your journey um, into business and even through motherhood and juggling all of those things um, and playing different roles in your life. Um, What do you think, if you could just take a glance over the course of your life, what do you think is one of the most pivotal growth moments that you've had that has influenced like where you are today and what you're doing today? So this is such a great question, but for me, there is one thing that always comes to mind and that is being seven months pregnant with my daughter and walking into work on a normal day and leaving out with a box in my hand. I I did not tell many people um, when this happened, like in the moment, I literally went home and cried in my husband's arms about being let go um, from a job that I thought I would be at for like like people there were there for like 30, 40 years. They had their plaques and they were all happy about it. And, um, you know, that moment of just feeling completely broken. Now that I look back on it, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, And I I know if you're going through something where you're being let go, I know there's layoffs happening every day. And it's it's just a hard place in the world we're in today. But um, I look back on that and I think through if that had not happened. I probably never would have become an entrepreneur, not the way that I am today, because what what that fueled me was this level of I can't depend on one company to ever support me fully um, because that was all my eggs were in one basket. And so not having any other things set up for me, thank the good Lord that I was able to get unemployment. But I was literally in a broken state for a little while. even to the point where I winded up suffering from postpartum depression with my daughter because I was trying to breastfeed and have the laptop on the other side looking for jobs because I still hadn't landed a job when she was born. Um, but that that fueled me so much to be where I'm at today, meaning that 
you know, even if, even, you know, I just transitioned to full-time entrepreneurship over the last three months of my journey. But before that I was working with companies, but always had a, like something going on in my business, making a little extra here or there because I never wanted to be fully depending on one source of income. And so that pivotal moment for me, while, you know, I can, I can see the girl sitting there on the couch crying. I can see her. I see myself. And then I see, I wake up today and I look in the mirror and I'm like, she's proud of you that you didn't let that completely break you and not give up. Uh, I mean, and give up and just kind of go on in life. And that moment for me will always, always stand out. And to be honest, the people that were attached to me in that moment and how they treated me. I had people at church that poured into me that loved me. And then I had people that I thought were my biggest champions look down on me because of that. And so that was also a pivotal transition where God showed me like everyone that's rooting for you is not always going to be rooting for you if you're losing. Um, and that was just a, it was hard for me. I was, I, and I was in my early, tw- my mid twenties and that was really hard rev- revelation for me to realize, but he was just like, be careful who you let in that inner circle because those people that really want to root for you are going to root for you even when you're down. Yeah. Man, that that whole scenario, um, yeah, because when you started, I was like, oh, yeah, seven months pregnant. Like, she quit. She was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. And it wasn't until you said that you got laid off. And I was like, yeah, this is a, this story is going a different way. Um, yeah. How do you think, or what did you do, right, like, to pick yourself up and to still be able to show up as a mom, but also, like, fuel this new desire to like really go all in your business how did that happen so I think what's so interesting about that was at first I didn't and I love that my husband gave me the permission to just sit in it for a little while like Mm. he didn't want me to be depressed but he also knew that I needed to deal with these emotions so at that point in my life I like I said I was 27, right at 27. I was about to be 27. And he told me, he was like, since I was 15 years old, I had had a job, even through college. He's like, there's never been a moment where you just sat, where you just were being because you had to, because I grew up very poverty, low income. So as soon as I could get a job, I did. So I could help out my family. I could position myself for college. And so allowing myself to sit in it And then in the process of sitting in it, didn't realize I was birthing my first kind of business. Mm -hmm. So what happened was I was, every time I would see a different job, I was recreating my resume for that job. And my first leg of business was doing resume reviews and resume audits for people. Like a lot of people don't know that, but like that was the first, um, I started once I got, once I landed a new job, which I did and it was nothing but God. Literally the week that my unemployment checks were to stop, I got a job offer. And wow. so I was like, I see you. Um, yeah. But literally that moment where I had did like, I don't know, I had probably crafted at least 40 to 50 different versions of my resume to try to get noticed by employers. And um, what it really did for me was position me to be able to say, I know you know, I was getting the interviews and the callbacks. The problem was at first, 
was that I was seven months pregnant. So even when I was getting those interviews and callbacks, not saying they told me they weren't hiring me because I was pregnant, but you could visibly see the like, why would we hire you? You're literally about to go out and have a baby. So I knew that that was a drawback for me. But once I had had my daughter and could start interviewing a little bit better, showing up fully as myself, I started to get those offers and landing things. And I wanted to help other people do that as well. So that that moment of being hurt and broken opened up a window to what I didn't know was going to become so much more. So I even have old videos of my Wednesday wisdom videos where I was giving um, career tips and things like that in um, back in, like I said, 2017, 2018, and had no idea I'd be where I'm at here today in 2023. Yeah, I think about like those those seasons and those moments that feel like the most debilitating that are the ones that often like catch us off guard, right? Where God uses those to cultivate a gift, maybe that we've always known that we've had um, and we're getting to use it in a different way or stretch that muscle in a different way. Um, and so I see that white, white, um, your career and like resume coaching and still showing up even today, right? As a marketer, like as someone who's an educator at heart. Um, and so I wonder what influenced your pivot? Cause I think about like careers and resumes and, and marketing, I mean, I guess business, business things, but they're very different on very different spectrums with very different goals. And so what influenced that pivot or that transition into really focusing on marketing and like coaching women? So I would say with that piece of it, my heart has always been on communicating a story, like my whole life from a very young age as a Uh, a little girl. I love books, um, mostly because, like I said, I grew up in a very rough situation. And so books were my outlet to get to a new place. I could put my mind in a place of where it was in the book. And so when I, a lot of people were so surprised, graduate top of your class, why are you going to school to be a journalism major? Like it was I heard a lot of those things like, why are you going to be a doctor or a lawyer? And I was like, I like stories. I like telling good stories that connects with people. And so, you know, all this time that I'm building up this communications, I did minor in marketing. So I had a little bit of knowledge there, but I never, I was like business sales. Nah, that's never going to be something that I do. And then winded up working in the communications and marketing departments at fortune 500 companies And literally when the pandemic happened was literally when I saw all of these businesses that were used to going door to door, pop-up shops, all these things that they were used to being able to do to make money, no longer being able to do that. And they needed to have a brand and a a social, an online presence to be able to continue and to thrive. And so that just shifted me to more of the design space. So I would design like the graphics to bring people in. And then it was just like this spark that God was just like, no, you're going to tell their stories. You're not just going to design a graphic. You're going to figure out how to tell their stories so that people then connect with their stories and then they want to buy from them. And I think that's what makes me so much different than your average marketing person who is always looking at the numbers. They're always looking at, you know, certain backend things. I'm like, what story is going to resonate with the people who need to buy from you? Because once they learn the story that makes them want to buy, they learn about, you know, you created this, I don't know, uh, lotion because your son had 
eczema and you know you didn't see anything in the product line that was going to be able to treat it and so you came up with this all natural thing like I want that story and then I want to take that story and then I want to build upon it and I want you to think about the story of the other mom who needs it what's her reasoning for needing this and once like those things started happening in my mind God was just like you're not just a communications person you're not you're not gonna just tell people resumes like that's a story. If you think about it, your resume is yeah. a story on paper of what you've done. And so the little bullet points is what people would come to me for. Like, I know how to make five bullet points, make people think you are the best person on paper. And so God was just like, no, you're, it's even bigger than that. It's even bigger than that. You've got to build out a whole brand for people. You've got to help people uh, really know how to connect with people, know how to uh, build relationships And so it's like, you're going to tell a story and you're going to build relationships. And that has just been this, this ever evolving weaving thing. If I have people in my comments now, they're in the society that I run and they'll call me coach. And I'm like, I haven't taken on that title fully yet, but I really guess now I am a coach for women. And it's, for me, it's such a beautiful space to be in because, you know, I want to be the person I needed five years ago. And, and that's always how I think about it and how I evolve and grow is like, who was it that I needed and how can I be that person for someone else today? And it has just made my life more beautiful because I'm really know that I'm making an impact on the women that I touch, not to knock at any of the men. I have tons of men in my audience and who I help, but my heart is for women, especially uh, minority women who are trying to find that voice and God just said, that's what you're going to do. And, and since listening, because there's moments where I don't listen and he still uses me even when I don't listen, but the more that I listen, the more that he has unveiled to me about the purpose. And so it didn't matter if it was resumes, it didn't matter if it was, you know, at doing the whole marketing plan for a new business. God was like, you're going to connect people and you're going to allow for them to move into a season in their life where they feel more confident. And that's been the beauty of what I'm doing. I absolutely love that you talk about storytelling. Um, I also grew up as a reader and so uh, have a deep like love and appreciation for a good story, a good movie plot, a good storyline. And so I love that like you're helping women, particularly like to identify like what is what is the story that connects with other people, but like, what's the story that's honest, right? It was like the reality, the good parts, the bad parts, like the messy parts of my story that makes up what this business is, right? Or who I am as a personal brand. And so I love that you're mining like other people's stories and helping them to get comfortable, like telling them, right? Because I think there's a part of, particularly for women and women of color, right? Where we don't always get platforms and opportunities to even be real about like what we've been through and how those experiences have shaped us. Um, and so I love that you're helping people to find sort of that voice um, and then coaching them on how to like talk through that and sell that on social media. And so absolutely love that. So because you're, you're talking about stories or talking about stories, I'm curious to know, and this, this is me as an educator, I'm curious to know, like, what are your favorite stories to tell? And what do you think make, makes up like a good story for a business? Like, what are the elements that are included in all of that? Well, that is a beautiful question. I guess I'll start with the first question, my favorite stories to tell. It, it's, it's not that I have a favorite like, type of story. My favorite time is when I can talk to a woman and get her to actually 
dive deeper into her story. Because a lot of times as women, we like to give like the surface level, like, you know, yeah, I'm, you know, a coach for moms just because, you know, I, I love moms and I think moms need support. And then when we dive deeper and she's like, well, I didn't have any support as a new mom. Well, my mom and I didn't have a good relationship and it just starts going deeper so that I can really, I don't want to say on any level of a therapist, but I do think that there's this, um, this beautiful space in a story where you start really uncovering like what fuels you and what is making you go after what you're going after. And so whenever I'm doing a um, like onboarding session with a new client, I'm asking them those kind of tough questions that makes them start thinking about why they are truly doing what they're doing in their business. And those types of questions, like, um, you know, what's the first experience you had wanting to build in a business? Because a lot of people start thinking about it like, oh, well, you know, I wanted to sell candy when I was in school. Like, well, why did you want to sell candy? And they're like, well, you know, we didn't have a lot of money at home or You know, I saw the candy lady down the street and she was cool and people wanted to hang around her. So it's, it's all these different things that drive people. And once you get to the root of it by asking kind of the deeper questions, then you can really start to craft the overall story and the overall message that's going to resonate with the audience. Because crafting a message, a lot of times people just want to tell their story and they don't think about how other people will see themselves in their story. That's probably, if I could tell you anything, is when you're writing your story and your brand messaging and you're trying to figure out how to weave, weave in, how does this relate? Always think about that ideal person of who is the person that's going to need what you're offering. And, and so how do they fit in the story? Because if I don't fit into the story of what you're offering, I'm not going to buy it just because I don't see myself needing that. A lot of times we they do need it. It's not that they don't need it. It's just that you haven't created a story and a message to where they see themselves in it. And so we we really work through breaking that down, even on you know as high level of social media to as deep as what does your email sequence look like? Like I'm not a person that wants an email every day. Please don't email me every day. I'm gonna um, unsubscribe from your email list. But if I know I can count on a once a week email and it's actually valuable and maybe you throw in some like here's an offer here and there okay I'm going to stick with getting this email um because that's the type of person that I am and that I have to they have to see yourselves as who is the subscriber and what is the type of person that they are and what is it that they need um and then you weave in that story to match it what I also do is um it's new it's it's supposed to be out already but started creating these like social media journal prompts where it's like, because people connect with stories. So it's like, you know, prompting you to think of a story of, you know, your first accident. Like I remember my first accident where I scraped my knee all the way up, a biking accident. And I remember like blood running down my legs, running to my grandmother's house because I wasn't supposed to be on the road that I was riding on and I knew I was going to get in trouble. I think about those stories that, I weave into captions and then that caption turns into an email post or turns into a blog about how a lot of times the risk sometimes isn't worth it. Do we have a safe space to land? 
Mm-hmm. Um, like that, that's how it, you know, it, it just, that's how my brain works. But I, I now want to prompt people to think of those moments for themselves. Cause then as they start thinking of those moments, the accidents, the, like you said, what was the pivotal moment for you? Um, what was the hardest thing that you've had to go through and overcome? Um, what was the saddest moment in your life? Like, while it may trigger some emotions, it's also revealing to you probably the most beautiful story that you've yet to to write. We all have a story. We just sometimes don't even want to tap into them because they can be triggering. And if we're willing to tap into them um, and be vulnerable enough to do that, I don't, I don't want to sit out here and write your whole life story in your brand, but I do want you to be able to weave in that you're human into your brand, especially as an individual brand. Yeah. You said a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I think about, right. Like, and likely why the folks in your society call you a coach, right? Because like, sometimes it takes having someone on the outside, who's not as connected to the story, who wasn't there for the story um, for the moment, right. Um, to help us really think like, well, what did I learn from this and how, how is this shaped like who I am or what I'm doing? And sometimes we don't have enough cause we're in it. It's our story, right. We don't have enough, enough wherewithal to get outside of it to really like see the value and like how it shaped us, our thoughts and the way that we behave or how we show up in business and in other spaces. And so, so yeah, I can see how people, why people call you a coach, because that's exactly what coaches do. They help us to increase our awareness. Um, and that's, that's the job of a coach, right? So it sounds like that's what you're doing. I'm curious to know um, when you think about your own story, because <clears throat> you talked a little bit about sort of sometimes people are like hesitant to lean into various moments of their story. Um, for you, what has helped you to be really authentic and transparent and vulnerable in your ability to share your story, not only in business, but just like in general um, and be open to sharing that with other folks? So I'll be honest at first and say, I did not want to. Like I was the one who was like, let me make sure I'm painting this pretty picture and that it always feels so good and joyous when you come to my page or, you know, whatever it is that you want to do with me. And I will never forget um, the first time I shared about having a miscarriage and just kind of shared that story. And I was really vulnerable in that post. Um, it took a lot out of me to write that story and just talk about the, the surgery and the, you know, discovering I had endometriosis and all these things that I wrote about in that story. But the follow-up from that with so many women coming to me saying they had experienced the same thing, they had gone through something similar, um, they were currently going through it. And it was just like this abundance of breakthrough of me. I ended up praying for lots of women, women that have now gone on to have babies after miscarriages. And it was just like, oh, um, okay, God, I hear you. If I tell my story and I'm vulnerable enough to tell it, someone may feel more comfortable in their situation because I was willing to share. And I think that a lot of us don't want to tell the messy pieces. We do want to keep it pretty and things like that. But the minute we allow for ourselves to be vulnerable, the more we see other people having breakthroughs and there's a little bit of healing in that. Mm. I, I, same thing. Remember again, years later when I started talking about being let go from the job, I was let go from, 
And it was actually a freeing moment for me because I had not talked about it. Like, I remember being so upset because I caught my, the only two people I told was my husband and my mom. And I got that mom that unfortunately, if you tell mama, most of the family then knows. Right. <laughs> um, <Yep. laughs> so that was my mama. Um, however, even though that was going on and she told a couple of people, like other than that, outside of family, no one knew. Like my friends didn't know um, for a very long time until I was ready to talk about it because I felt shame and guilt. And so when I finally talked about it on my social media platform and it was just like, I also let go of the shame and the guilt that I had attached to it. Mm -hmm. And so that was really big for me. It's like, we try to say these these things that are bad that happen to us, um, we attach ourselves and our worth to it. And it's really not attached to that. If you're, you know, a faith, like I know you and I are, but if you're not a faith still, like don't let these things, these moments attach to you and keep you from being your authentic self. Because once you open up about them, you're allowing for other people to have permission to be themselves, to talk about their stories, but you also free yourself in a lot of ways. And that's what was so beautiful for me was that freeing of myself to be able to be like, yeah, this happened. This is what I did about it. We move forward and you know, it, it is what it is now. And it's just a beautiful place to be in that space now. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that so many times, and you talk about that shame and guilt, and I think that's, that's real, right? That like, or I don't know what people are going to say. And so I want to protect myself from, from opinions, negative opinions that in, could potentially influence like the way, the way that I'm thinking about myself. Right. So I think sometimes we shy away from our stories because we want to protect ourselves. Um, and I think, like you said, the beauty in being vulnerable enough to share moments and experiences that have shaped us is that other people get like you said, get to see themselves in our story, get to say, oh, like maybe I didn't think that we had a connection point beyond this. And now I'm learning that like, actually we have this very intimate shared experience that not a lot of people have, or that I'm not alone. And like going through a layoff or, you know, praying for a baby or, you know, all of these other things, right? Like wanting to quit in my business every day, right? Because I'm hearing other people talk about like, no, like that, that's a story. That's a thing that happens. Right. And I'm experiencing that and I've, I've gotten over it and I've grown from it. And I've healed from it. And so I think there's so much power in, in vulnerability. Um, because it, like you said, it gives people, other people permission, not only to tell their stories, but to harness like vulnerability. I think that, um, once you experience vulnerability and transparency, it's really hard for you to not reciprocate that in some way. Um, with another person, right? And to be able to be open and sharing sharing your own experiences. Okay, so I kind of want to switch gears a little bit. Um, I'm curious to know, so you've been in business for a minute, um, stepped into full-time entrepreneurship. And so I'm curious to know, what are some of the like growing pains over the last five or so years of business that, um, yeah, that you've worked through and that you've grown through? Oh, I love this question so much because I actually just recently had a really big revelation in my business. So I'm going to be transparent and say, I started off, I was like building and growing. And as you know, you build and grow, you get different coaches. And um, I remember the agent, the agency model was what everyone wanted to put me in. 
It was like where you're an agency and you lead it. And then you have these people that work underneath you. And it sounded good because it's like, you're going to be making seven figures and um, you're going to be doing all the things. And I just remember in my head being like, no, that sounds awful. Mm-hmm. And I don't, not the seven figures part. Um, you know, I, I, I do aspire and I think that wealth is good. But what happened for me was I got thrown into a startup. And that was like a, a job that I had for a little over a year as the, the, med, the director of marketing for a startup. And I saw the CEO stressed out. I saw like just the, I got to pay salary for all these people. I saw all of this and it was just like, I can want a lot for my business and still not aspire to be that person, that CEO, that whatever. Because I actually... Um, it may be out before this episode comes out, but I have a post that I've been working on. It's like, I don't want to be a CEO. And I, you know, the struggles with that was having a team and not saying that one day my cha- won't change, but in this stage of life and motherhood of where I'm at, I don't want to be responsible for checking in with team members all the time, them calling me if something goes wrong. That's just not a space that I want to be in currently. I like working with a select few of clients and managing theirs. And then I like coaching and teaching other women. That is where my passions lie right now. It allows for me to be flexible. For instance, today went to a, you know, a lunch at school with my, my daughter and I didn't have to, you know, ask somebody change up what I'm doing. I was able to just say, block my calendar and go. And no one was calling me to be worried about the business because I don't have, you know, thousands of clients that I'm trying to manage. I have 10. I do a max of 10 because I know that's what I can handle. I do have an assistant. I will say hiring someone is probably the hardest struggle that I've had to to get through. Um, I've had now two assistants um, that I've gone through, uh, but the the latest one has been with me for a little while. She gets me. She knows what I'm looking for. She matches my style and design. Um, So she helps me with, with, with things like that, but it was really hard. And so I tell people all the time, I know there's programs that will help you build and get in position to hire the right people, but also know, is that what you desire to do? Because for me, it's what I thought I desired to do until I saw it. And then once I saw it, I was just like, I can be a really good freelancer and a really good manager and still own my business. I still run a really successful business now, um, making, you know, making well over four figures a month. Um, I've hit five figures a month. I mean, like this, this is sustainable and it's, it's a good longevity business. Now the monthly recurring revenue was the biggest piece for me, um, was finding how to make sure I had that coming in before I felt comfortable enough to go full-time. And so once I was consistently hitting 15 to 20 K months, I was like, okay, we can do this because um, IRS want to take all their money. I got to make sure I'm still getting some money. Yeah. Um, but then also being able to still be able to provide myself with a good salary. And so that those are the things it's just like realizing you don't have to be, you don't have to strive and want to be this, you know, mogul, this CEO who's got thousands of employees. Like you don't have to strive to be that. You also don't have to strive to, um, outsource everything 
like I outsource a few things now um, that helps me, you know, accounting. I'm not good with books and stuff like that. Um, again, having someone who manages my calendar, I'm not organized there. But the things that you're good at, keep doing those things because there is a point of outsourcing and you lose your creative space. You lose who you are in the business. So those have been some things that I've struggled with because I thought that all women had to be these boss babes and had to want and desire to be a CEO. And I don't desire that anymore. Right now, my babies are young, maybe in five to 10 years that could change drastically. But right this moment, I'm really happy with where I'm at um, and the, the way that I'm running my business. You said you didn't want to be a CEO. And I don't know. I feel like the girlies are going to be in an uproar. Um, because that's that's not, I think about like the black women and the women of color that I know in business, like that's not the conversation that folks are having, right? Like everyone's like, I'm trying to make six figures. I'm trying to make seven figures. Like I'm trying to be, like you said, this boss babe who, you know, I've got all these clients or I'm coaching all these folks or I'm doing all these things. And yeah, I think you're right. Like until you really see it, then sometimes your perspective changes about what it is that you truly want and why, why you want those things. Right. And so, yeah, I, but I think the girlies might be in an uproar because, <laughs> because we, everybody wants to be CEO nowadays, right? When you step into entrepreneurship, that's the first thing like, oh, I'm a founder, I'm a CEO. And the reality is that that comes with a lot. And if you build a team out, then you, you are the big boss. You are the final yeah. person that gets to, to say what's happening and you have to hold everybody else's stuff to make sure everybody else is doing what they're supposed to be doing. And so I love that, that pushback against, um, I wouldn't even say the industry norm, but I think about the ways in which people try to coach us based on their experiences, um, based on what they see the trends in the industry being and say like, oh, you should conform to be this or assimilate into that, right? And, and your ability to say, actually, no, like I want to define this for myself and I have every right to define it for myself because it's mine. Um, and so I absolutely love that because I think there's not enough disruptors in all industries, um, entrepreneurs, not entrepreneurs, it doesn't matter, that are saying like, actually, no, like it doesn't have to be this way. And because I don't see it this way and I don't see it going well this way, I'm not going to let that be the thing that I do. Like, because it doesn't feel good. Yeah. Well, and the thing for me was that people thought, I thought to make multiple, you know, six and seven figures that you had to be this CEO, whatever. And I'm like, I'm clearly clearing, you know, six figures very easily, um, you know, now hitting into the multiple six figures. And I work about 25 hours a week. I don't work on Mondays and Fridays. Um, those are my like, recruit from the weekend, get ready for the weekend, Tuesday through Thursday, I'm head down. I have meetings with clients and I'm building out social strategies and marketing strategies and coaching in my program. And it's, it's fun again versus, mm -hmm. versus this trying to be at a space where I, I trying to meet these needs and demands that, that other people have honestly put on me. Cause I, you know, those needs and demands I'm being honest for my life. I mean, some people need to make five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars to live their lifestyle. I have chosen where I live at and the type of life. And I have a wonderful husband, so I don't want to act like I'm just the just the breadwinner in the family. But we we make it work where we are to the point where I'm like, money is not driving me to do this. I want to enjoy what I do every day, and I feel like once I started enjoying it, 
more money started coming, more people joined the society, more people, because I get to show up authentically now as myself versus trying to check a box to get something done. And the more that I have been in this season, and I I won't say it's been long, like this has been a newer season for me to, to discover and realize that it's just been like, okay, you can serve people better now that you're focused on how do you produce for them where it's fun and it feels good for them but it also feels good for you, meaning you're you're not up till midnight trying to create decks and not up till midnight trying to, you know, get a system pushed through for a launch. Um, I know even before we chatted before this, it's like I give myself the grace to say, okay, I'm going to have six to eight weeks before I launch anything where I can actually work on it and build on it. So I'm not stressing over it. And that's just a beautiful space to be in. And I want the girlies to, if you're in an uproar about it, it's, it's okay to still want to be a CEO. It is. Yeah, um, but for those of us that are moms, it really is. I will tell you, this is a different and weird stage and phase because as my daughter walked in halfway through this interview, she just they just want time with us. And there's going to be a space mm-hmm. where I'm going to wish I had this time back. And yeah. right now I'm okay with choosing that time with them over building a seven figure, you know, agency out. You spoke a little bit about joy and earlier you sort of talked about being in your zone of genius, although that's not the language they use. Um, and so what is, how has your business changed because you found not only your zone of genius, the things that like, I, I'm an educator, I'm a coach, like I know how to do this thing and I'm, I'm really good at it and people respond well to it that mix of like your zone of genius and your zone of joy and like how your business and your mentality, your mindset have changed because you're learning how to operate in both of those zones now? Oh, that's such a good question. I I would say I'm just at a place of finding the zone of joy. The zone of genius, I've been in for a while now. I know how to craft the story. I know how to design to attract it. Um, And like, I could sit and start designing something in a computer and be lost for hours. Like that's how much I enjoy it because I enjoy putting together that message. The joy part has been really in the society, in the teaching, in the educating. Um, And it's really just come to me more and more like I can be completely flat out exhausted and be teaching an 8.30 p.m. class to the society And I get done with that class and it's just like, I'm over, like my cup is overflowing from joy because either something clicked for someone or or something just began to manifest for them. They created a new idea. They got brand deals. Like I saw one of the girls in society, I see an ad, I'm scrolling Instagram. I see an ad and it's her. And I start screaming. I I immediately screenshot, send it to her. I was like, what? And she was like, yeah. She was like, it was a smaller, but it was four figures. And I was like, girl, like you are literally doing it now. And four months ago, she was like not getting any partnerships. So there's this zone of joy knowing that I'm teaching what, for one, what works but also I'm changing the lives of these other women. And that joy for me mixed with being in my zone of genius is such a beautiful space because I know that I'm a teacher at heart. I love educating and helping build other people up. Um, But I also like holding them accountable. And I didn't realize like, like I will see something. I'll be like, Hey, maybe we should change this a little bit. Um, 
And it's just this, this pure zone of joy to know for when I, I have a business that I enjoy being, a, being in. I don't stress it every day. Like I get up excited every day. But this joy, when you see women's lives transformed, there is nothing like it. And, and I know that that's what's really firing me and, and putting me in position to do what I was called to do. Yeah. And I can tell um, that you're in your zone of joy because even as you're talking about it, you're just, I can just tell, I can see the smile on your face and the way that you talk about um, being an educator and coaching women and like helping them to see what they're capable of, right? The joy that you have even talking about it, right? Is an indicator that like, yeah, you're in your zone of joy for sure. Um, As we wrap up, I have one um, not necessarily a question, more of a fill in the blank statement. And you can say as much as you little, much or as little as you want. Um, but I mean, the show is called Permission to Pivot. And so um, I want you to finish this statement for our listeners. Um, I have permission to. Ooh, I love this. I have permission to show up as myself, to reach people who need me, and to be the brightest light in this world. Like, if you allow yourself to be bright and to attract those people who need you, you are literally passing on that light. And so that's the permission I want every listener to take away from today is that you can show up as yourself, you can attract the people who need you, and then you can pass on your light to them as well. You know, that's good stuff. And, and on that note, we're going to end it with a little mic drop. Um, Alicia, could you tell our listeners where they can find you, how they can connect with you on all of the things? Yes. On all, all platforms, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, at I am Alicia Noel. And, uh, please, please, please check me out. Send me a DM. If something resonated with you, I'm always one to respond to DMs. I'd love to answer any questions you have. Awesome. Well, I will link, uh, all of Alicia, socials, website, things like that for those of you who want to connect in the show notes. Um, thank you so much, Alicia. Always a great time getting to connect with you and just chat about your experience and how you're growing as an entrepreneur. I'm so proud of you um, seeing this growth and seeing you really just create a life that you love um, and getting to support women as you do it. And so I appreciate you so much. And we'll catch you on the next episode of Permission to Visit. Mm-hmm.